Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Time now for the BK and Ferrario podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. feel like at this time that it is best for us to end our partnership with Mike Show. Albert Poults, he's back, just like baseball. This isn't just a story about Albert coming back to St. Louis. It's a story about him coming back to help us win a championship. Half the time when we talk, he, he, he'll tell me, this is where I work. This is not where home is. Home is St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty cool to oh. have a guy do that. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It'll be fun. In the end. expect them to be to be maybe an 84 85 win team and with the expanded playoffs maybe they sneak in i don't expect an awful lot from them but st louis loves their guys i think more than any other market and we get to celebrate three of our guys this year we know we're just playing just playing like a bunch of dogs just play a lot better and not doing anything well we need to win these games against some good teams because we've we've not played good against the good teams yet and we can we just haven't can this team as currently constructed win a world series in your guys opinion no it's got to be the Braves route where all the other teams break in the playoffs. <laughs> I'd be pretty shocked. After today's game, we will depart for Toronto. So Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, and Austin Romine will not be making the trip. at first and third and two outs. Albert lifts it in the air out to center, and that's number seven. And what could be his final appearance here in Toronto, number five is putting on a show. We got number four back. We got a very excited clubhouse. We got starting pitching that's going to stabilize that rotation. And uh, the boys are on a mission to do so.
swing. Back to Helsley. He's got it. Underhands. The Cardinals. The 2022 NL Central Division champions. Losing in the wildcard game or losing in the NLCS is no different. Sure, you have a little bit more pride and you made it further, but at the end of the day, a championship is the goal. And anything less than that is the I guess there's only one thing left to do. It's that. Win the whole and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's B. Mario here on 101 ESPN. It is officially here. Man, we've been waiting a long time for them to skip all the nonsense. No more pirates. No more meaningless baseball. Today it matters again. Today in St. Louis, there is a three-game series that begins between the Cardinals and the Phillies. First pitch coming up right here on 101 ESPN at 107. We will serve as essentially your pregame show between now and first pitch. Two MVP candidates, Albert Pools hitting 700 home runs, 325 starts, breaking the record that'll never be broken again by Yachty and Wayno. Arenado's first ever division title. They did this one for him. First year manager, the youngest guy to do this in a Cardinals uniform as the manager. And now we get to see what really matters. Ollie said it at spring training. It continues to be the case for them. Anything less than a World Series is not a successful season. Alex, I've got lower standards, but if that's the standards they're holding themselves to, then it's got to start today with Jose Quintana on the mound. They've got to show to all of us that what we saw this year wasn't a fluke. What we saw in August is the real version of the Cardinals, and they can carry that for the first time in more than a decade into October and hopefully bring back another World Series to the city of St. Louis. And they got a lot of work to do because they didn't win the, they didn't end the season the way that you would view this team has a shot at winning the whole bleeping thing. They've, they kind of ended where they stumbled into it. Now they still won the division and they still won the games that they had to when they played against the Milwaukee Brewers, but they did stumble into the end of the regular season with Paul Goldschmidt floundering. The same can be said about Nolan Arenado. You lose Adam Wainwright. You're really kind of in a spot offensively where you're unsure. But the thing about this Cardinals team is every time and all three of us have done it, have doubted this team to where it's like, nope, this guy's... I didn't hear any audio in that open that we doubted this team. Never happened. Yeah, I heard same. Randy doubting this team. Was, I never once heard us doubting I think there was him. a little snip that somebody said, do you believe that they can win the World Series? And three of us said, no way. Oh, I still stand by We can go back one. and yeah. listen to it again. It was a great open. It makes me want to be like Tyler <laughs> O'Neill and run through a wall and then be hurt. have a hamstring injury, but yeah. it's fine. They got work to do, but... I think that the way this sets up to where they open up the three wild card games at Bush Stadium to build some momentum, maybe take down a Phillies team that the Cardinals are viewed as the favorite. But I do think if you look at certain pieces, the Phillies have some better players. So they've got they've got an opportunity to build confidence to start this postseason run. And you never know. They've got the pieces. They've done magic in the regular season if they could do it in the postseason as well. Yeah, they definitely got the pieces to go on a run here in October. I, I truly believe that their pitching has been it's scuffled a little bit down the stretch, but I like the guys when I look at them on paper. I think the bullpen's really good. I think it's being under underrated nationally. And then the lineup, you got the big three, and Albert and Goldie and Arnado, and those are the guys that are going to have to carry this team. And, and I know it's going to be tough in games one and two against Wheeler and Nola. You win one of those, though, and then you got a shot when they get to Suarez in game three. A lefty, this team crushes left-hand pitching, and maybe you don't even need that. So... I think this team is better. I think they should be favored to win the series. I think they should win this series, and I, I think they end up doing so. I, I'm excited for today. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's always exciting to get back into postseason baseball, and we get to see the new format. We got baseball all day, which is fun. So 
Your roster has been officially announced. If you haven't heard yet, you're just tuning in. By the way, thank you for tuning in today. It's a big day in St. Louis, big weekend in St. Louis. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line to get involved in the show. Starting pitchers for you on the roster. Quintana, Michaelis, I believe Montgomery will be the Game 3 starter, although that has not yet been announced. Your right-handed relievers that are on the roster. Helsley, Gallegos, Hicks, Palante, Flaherty, and Wainwright. Your lefty relievers. This is where the first surprise came in. Steven Matz, Zach Thompson, those were expected. Packy Naughton is your third and final lefty Packy. reliever on the Packy mound. We'll packing it into the postseason. Here in just a minute. Your catchers on the good. roster as expected, Thanks, Kisner and Molina. My expectation is Molina will start today and Sunday. I think you will see Kisner tomorrow. In the infield, it's Arenado, DeYoung, Donovan, Ar- uh, Edmund, Goldie, Pujols, and Nolan Gorman. Nolan Gorman what? ended up on this roster. And in the outfield, it's Carlson, Delugio, Dickerson, Newtbar, and Yepes. For me, the two surprises here were related. I'm a little surprised to see Nolan Gorman on the roster. I'm a little surprised that Packy Naughton got the call. The guys that ended up not making the roster that we expected to were Hennessy Cabrera. That was, I would assume, Naughton versus Cabrera. And then I think the ultimate decision came down to, do we take Chris Stratton? Or do we bring that extra left-handed bat in Nolan Gorman? Guys, what do you believe that we can glean from this roster with Nolan Gorman and Packy Naughton making the roster over Hennessy Cabrera and Chris Stratton? You want to explain glean to us once again, buddy? No, I think I got it. Okay. Okay. You want to take this? Use a context. Definition. Yeah, sure. I think the biggest thing is what we mentioned, the Naughton and the Cabrera. I guess the little surprise for me was Gorman over Burleson, but in that circumstance, you're going two guys that have no experience in the postseason, first year as major league players. And one's got more pop. And one also has more at-bats at the major league level this season than the other. So that made the most sense. So I think those would be the only two things that I can glean from the roster decision. That was pretty good. Thanks. I, I like the Packy one. I because you look at Packy right? you look at Packy's numbers against lefties. He's been really good against left handers this year. And if, if you're gonna use lefties like him, Thompson and Matts against the top of the order, I like the idea of carrying him. I didn't believe the Cabrera stuff because I mean he just gave up five runs in his last outing in triple A. Now the Gorman one, I, I do like carrying Gorman over Burleson when you look at those two compared because Gorman more at bats, you got more power. I think I would have gone more towards the Stratton route over Gorman just because Gorman we saw his struggles and I'm not sure how much he was able well, to truly work Chris on Stratton that in Memphis. Too. Yeah, Stratton's been good lately. And Stratton's been good. So I was a little surprised to see that, but I understand what they're going for. That left-handers are important in the postseason, and they're going to look for somebody that can potentially come off the bench. And what's he going to do? He's either going to strike out or he's going to do something good. And when he does something good, it's more than likely going deep into the stands in right field. I so say, I understand the process of going to Nolan Gorman. Stratton makes can sense. smash balls into the outfield uh, like Nolan Gorman can. That's a really good point. He probably wouldn't have done that. I, I am very curious to see who they decide to use Gorman as a pinch hitter for. I know that people are going to laugh. There's only so many options. Like they're not they're not pinch hitting Gorman for either of the corner infielders. I don't think you're pinch hitting him for Tommy Edman. You're probably not pinch hitting him for Dickerson or Newt. So that leaves Carlson and Yachty. You think basically? Dick, you think Dickerson's even in the outfield? Because I, we'll I find think, out. I was going to say because I. Think- <laughs> 
Perfect day. Oh, <laughs> it's a big day here in oh, St. Louis. Man, my goose pimples are already up. Let's get this going. Your goose pimples. That's what Never Wainwright, call them that again. No, Adam Wainwright calls them goose pimples. And I thought it was kind of cool. So I wanted to try to be like Wayno. Yeah, uh, let's not do that. You're not Wayno. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it sounds way cooler than when he says it. Liar. All right. Fine, I'll BK. I was doing myself. Pretty easy. Starting it off. Leading off as they have done for about a month. Brendan Donovan. Brendan Donovan. Can we ask what position he's in? Second. Left field. Who's playing second? No Nolan idea. Corman? No idea. <laughs> Maybe. Nolan Corman Maybe. Up, he's back to starting at second. Huh? Maybe. All right, Brendan Donovan. What the H is wrong with you guys? Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, Rousing uh, start. Lars Newpar. Lars Newpar is okay. what I meant to say there. Yikes. That's, that's what Just we all said. Just as we've all expected. Yeah, all right. This gets it going, too. Man, I hope Yachty plays today. So they switched it. So Donovan batting second. Donovan batting second. Newt Bar batting oh God, leadoff Donovan for you even today. In the lineup? They got a right-handed pitcher on the mound in Zach Wheeler. They want to grind it out. Decided to put Newt Bar up with his experience. All <laughs> one more year than Newt Brendan Day. Donovan. <laughs> Let's just get to Donovan, man. Stop delaying it. Show me Donovan in the two-hole. You're wrong. I knew it. It's Tommy Edmond. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, we said this earlier. Is this Pujols? You said this in the office. Hold on. <laughs> I'm a little frazzled. I know. So we're, hold, we, well, hold on, we're getting it. You guys suck at this. Hold on, man. We're getting, does it. we're getting stressed. For the last month, they have had the Mike Schultz lineup when it's been like the everyday roster. It's been Donovan 1, Newt. Two, Goldie three, Arenado four, Pujols okay, five. Okay, well, it's you not that way right now, man. Newt Bar's leading off right now, which means the whole thing is thrown out the damn window. Honestly, I've been asking for this for a while. It's either Goldie or Pujols here. Pujols is one of your three best hitters. He's been batting like 280 against right-handed pitchers over the course of the last two months. Bleep it. Bleep it. Show us Albert. It's Albert all the I way. I love it. Jan- I, I, I love it. God, Ollie just said, you know what? I'm about to show him what I'm when made of. When was the last time Albert hit second with when you had both Arenado and Goldie in the lineup? A, uh, I don't remember when, but it was against a lefty. This is a righty. That's why it, I it can't imagine it's happened all year. Against a righty, against no. Against a righty, yeah. not. Lefty, a lefty yes. It. Lefty, it has. Yeah. Right, right. no. Let's clean it up. Right. Goldie, Arenado. Let's go two for two here. Yep. Mr. Captain Obvious. Hit it again. That was a layup. Thank you, Janet. It was a layup, and I am great at those. Now it gets a little interesting. So you're in the five hole now. Do you go with honestly a little Edmund disrespectful? You didn't put Albert or Donovan in here. I think I, those you're are not your going Edmund here. I think Edmund's going to be batting ninth for you. If Newpar's leading off, so I, I think would. That's probably right. So, so I would go so Donovan? Donovan or Carlson. This might be one of the spots that they try to platoon. So maybe Carlson would make. I, I think it's Donovan. I think I would go Donovan. I think you're going to try and get on base after you get the big boppers on. So yeah, I'm going to say Donovan. You hit the nail on okay. the yes. head. Okay, so hitting six. Carlson or Dickerson or Yepes. I don't know who's starting him left. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I think it's probably Dickerson. I, I, I think would, they try to get the left-handed hitters in the lineup against their righty starter to be to begin. I'll trust you here. We'll go Dickerson. No, no, no. So is this Carlson? That would be my second choice. Or Yepes. I'll let you Show decide. Show me Carlson. Yeah. 
Sorry, man. It's post season. You excited, man? It's a red October. All right, now it is either red over there. Hey, man, easy. So this would be Dickerson. It's either Dickerson or Yepes here. So you're it's your left fielder. Why do you keep saying two answers? It's your left fielder. So let's go. Do you trust Dickerson in this spot or Yepes in this spot? But I don't know. I I say it's I'm leaking confidence. I didn't think they would start Newbar at leadoff and Albert's batting second. Well, you're leaking something. Let's rock paper scissors this for left field. I'm gonna go Yepes. You go Corey Dickerson. You ready? Best out of one. Ready? Rock Rock, paper paper, scissors scissors, shoot. shoot. Come on, rock, rock, paper, paper, scissors, scissors, shoot. shoot. All right, let's go Yepes. I got rock. Show me Yepes. Um, not great. As I said. Show me that Dickerson. Thank you, Jamie. Yachty batting. Yachty, yachty, yachty. Get it. And Edmund. All right. Double lead off. Tanner, can you read it off for us, my friend? That was All right. So you're starting lineup for game one of the wild card series against Philadelphia. Phillies leading off right fielder Lars Newpar. Albert Pools batting second as your DH. Paul Goldschmidt at first batting third. Nolan Arnado will clean up at third base batting fifth. Brendan Donovan at second base. Dylan Carlson's in center. Corey Dickerson's in left. Yadier Molina is catching and Tommy Edmond batting ninth at short and then Jose Quintana getting the start. I have the Phillies lineup if you'd like it. Please. Kyle Schwarber leading off in left. Reese Hoskins at first. JT Real Muto batting third. Bryce Harper is batting fourth. Uh, Castellanos batting fifth. Alec Bohm, my guy. Well, not my guy, but my guy, if I had the Phillies, is batting after Castellanos. Gene Segura, then Stott, then Veerling, and Zach Wheeler is pitching. St. Louis guy playing in center field, hitting ninth. Double leadoff. So that four again is Schwarber, Hoskins, Real Muto, Harper. So they're putting the righty so in between the lefties. Up. Yeah. And Ollie, I think Ollie said really that yesterday. Smart. That's a really smart lineup construction by because them. And you, they have not done that for a month. Because you, if you bring the lefty in to go up against Kyle Schwarber, you have to pitch that lefty Com- against the two righties. Honestly, completely changes the way you approach this lineup. No, Absolutely. Stratton now. I, I'm, I'm serious. I, oh, I man, you get Gorman. You can't do so now instead of going lefty for Schwarber, Hoskins, Harper, what you'll do is probably bring the lefty in for Stott, Veerling, and Schwarber. So that way you get that lefty at the top of the lineup and you just hope that Stott and Veerling don't crush you. And they like your odds are in your favor. Those guys aren't great hitters. Um, they might end up bringing in some pinch hitters once you go to a righty. So it'll be interesting to see how Ollie approaches this. Ollie's, Ollie's under the microscope, man. I am fascinated to see the way that he approaches this lineup for uh, the Phillies over the next few days. Hopefully it's only two days, but uh, we have plenty of discussion between now and the end of the show. We will pass you guys off to the Cardinals game at one o'clock coming up at 1130. We're going to get the Philly side of things with their beat writer, Scott Lauber. And then at 12 o'clock, we'll talk, talk to Scott France. That is the Phillies uh, voice their their play by play voice. He's been there since 2006. He has not seen a lot of playoffs over the last decade. It's actually actually zero playoffs over the last decade. Curious to see Scott's perspective on this series as well. We'll do all of that before the end of the day today. But coming up next, it's our only non-cardinal segment of the day. We got to get to our football pick and we'll get in, we'll get out. But we got to give you our football picks of the week coming up next year on 101 ESPN. It's Albert all the way. We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Tanner 
Jackson. I'm Brandon Kylie. We are doing an NFL segment. This is the only one that we will do today. The rest of the show is going to be dedicated to your St. Louis Cardinals as they're getting ready for game one of the wild card round against the Phillies. By the way, some Cardinals news to pass along. This comes from Derek Gould. Tyler O'Neill is going to the Arizona Fall League to get live at bats and game action to prepare for a return from his hamstring injury. I didn't know that was allowed. <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. All right. But that would certainly be a good sign for his potential availability for the NLDS. It sounds like he's maybe closer than we expected. And maybe by next week, he'll be ready to go. Fingers crossed. That's your news on Tyler O'Neill. All right, let's get to our pick em challenge. We did our random generated draft order for this week. Tanner will be drafting first. I go second. Tanner or Alex goes third, and then he wraps it around with a fourth pick as well. It is a snake draft. This week, we have added one new punishment to the list, along with the other two that we've had since the beginning of the season. It is the Hot Ones Challenge. You will have the hot sauce that you have to eat at the end of a show. It is going to be brutal. Nobody's going to enjoy it. That is the new punishment that has been added All to right, this so list. BK's not going to enjoy it. This, Got it. This, this really sucks, by the way, guys, because I have uh, hemi problems, and I'm Alex going getting, cold. getting a colonoscopy <laughs> on Monday, so I'm, I'm literally getting cleaned out, and then I'm going to have more problems in. So the cool, awesome punishment. All right, let's get into our pick em. Tanner, what's your first pick? Man, they can't break my heart again. They just can't. And this feels like an easy one. Oh, my God. You're going to Homer pick early. He's going to Illinois. I am. Give me the fighting Illini. Hit the I song. Was, Iowa's best offense is their defense. And Illinois should be able to shut down that terrible offense that they have. They're the best defense in the country. One of the best defenses in the country. No way they're this home. goes wrong for you. All right, I BK, know, now take home. Mizzou plus 11. I'm, I'm taking a minus three and a half. I, I think they win that game by seven or ten. This so. Is- this hopefully, is when Illinois... <laughs> I know. Hopefully this doesn't end up being the end of the fighting Illini. I'm actually genuinely shocked that you're taking that I am game. too, because I think there are three other games that are easier picks to take than that one. I, have you guys watched Iowa football? No, but I've it's watched like Illinois. It's like watching football from the 20s. Remember when the offensive line forgot to block in the first game? Yeah, it wasn't the first game. So Even better. My pick is very easy. It is my favorite pick of the week. I love the Tennessee Volunteers minus the three points on the road at LSU. I think LSU is a fraud. I don't think they're actually a good football team. I think Tennessee is a legit top 10 team in the country. I like Tennessee to win big on the road in Death Valley. Boy, I'm yeah. fading that one. Yep, fade BK. His pick of the week means it's a loss. All right, boys, I'm going to stick to what uh, Ferrario does best, although I went 0-2-1 last week. I'm staying the blank away from college football. My first pick, I'm taking Ravens minus three at the Bengals. Or, I'm sorry, at against the Bengals at home. That seems to be a simple one for me. Uh, Cincinnati's defense, specifically the secondary, can't stop anything. And then my second pick, since I get back-to-backs, I'm taking the Cowboys plus five and a half at the Rams. I think that defense will shove it in the Rams' face, especially because the only thing Matt Stafford can do is throw to Cooper Cup. So that's my second play. I love that pick, which should make you very nervous. You should not feel good about it at all. I wish you would keep your mouth shut. My next pick... There's nothing that can go wrong here. I'm going to have two straight road favorites. Sure, that's going to go really well for me. Love the Eagles minus the five points on the road at the Cardinals. Cardinals can't stop anybody. Their defense stinks. Jalen Hurts is a legit MVP candidate right now. If you're playing Daily Fantasy this week, go ahead and get yourself some stacks with Jalen Hurts. Get yourself some... Devonte Smith, Evo. and make sure you put AJ Brown in those stacks, and then Smith bring it back with Hollywood lineup. Brown. Tebow. Love it. Go ahead and take yourself some. Tebow, of the this Eagles is great for five. me because I have Kyler Murray in one of my leagues, so this is awesome. Yeah, Tanner, you got back-to-back picks, my friend. All right. Well, I'm going to start with college football. 
and I'm going to go Florida minus 11. Oh, oh God, I, I was going to say, am I going to get stuck with Mizzou? I, I don't think Missouri, I, I know they showed up for Georgia. That was the first time I've seen them actually show up for a football game this season. I, I don't think they show up to the swamp. I think hey, Florida beats the snot out of them. Auburn, that's not fair. They, no, well, they didn't. Auburn's just well, they garbage. Up, but that was about it. I think Florida blows out Missouri this week in the wow. swamp. And then I, the other game I'm going to take, I, I know there's some concerns with the Chargers, but oh, I, man, I'm taking I them. Minus two and a half in Cleveland. I'm not sold on Cleveland. I don't think Brissett's going to be able to get him a win against that hey. Chargers team. So give me Cleveland minus two and a half. Don't don't parlay me. Make sure you put a bet singly BK. because I can't. I'm Mr. Consistent, not you Mr. Feel, parlay. You feeling that? I'm feeling that goose egg coming for T-Bone this week. Hey, you're due for a goose egg. I'm feeling that goose egg. All right. So the games that we have left are TCU minus six and a half at KU. And Utah minus three and a half at UCLA. Hate both of these games. Hate them. Absolutely hate them. I think the one that I prefer is UCLA plus the three and a half at home. I have no confidence on it. It's probably going to be the one game that I get right because I have no confidence on it. No, nope, so UCLA fade BK plus the three and a half at home. That's my pick. All right, I'm. I, I actually feel confident with this one, which is probably going to blow up in my face. I'm taking KU plus six and a half. They played TCU pretty close last year, and that was a road game. Um, and KU has been actually really good this season. Obviously undefeated, so I like that plus six and a half lie at home. Scale of 1 to 10, how you guys feeling confidence-wise in your picks I'm this week? I'm feeling 7. I feel pretty good with mine. I'm going to go with probably <laughs> you, 7, too. No, no way. I, feel, I really feel good about the Illinois pick. The only one I have concerns about is my Mizzou pick. I I can see them actually like turning a corner, but I, I'm not sold on them. And I think Florida, who's lost, I think it's 3 of 4 to Mizzou, if I remember correctly. 3 of the last 4. I think they wake up and blow them out in the swamp. Yep, I've got a one. Coming up in 15 minutes, we'll get to ask us anything. 65780 is your comfort service tax line. If you've got any questions, sports or otherwise, we'll get to those coming up in 15 minutes, especially Cardinals related. But next, we will talk about the Cardinals versus the Phillies with the Phillies beat writer. He's Scott Lauber. He joins us next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Right now, we are very happy to continue previewing today's matchup between the Cardinals and the Phillies with the Phillies beat writer for the Philly Inquirer. He's Scott Lauber joining us here on the show via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Scott, we appreciate the time, man. I know it's a bit out there for you down at the ballpark. Uh, let's start with this. There was a decision that the Phillies decided to make with their lineup. I think it's a really smart one by putting Real Muto third and Bryce Harper in the cleanup spot today. Have you been able to talk with anybody around the team on what specifically went into that decision? Yeah, I, so the biggest thing was, um, and you're right, that's, that's flip-flopped from what it normally is. Um, and and the, biggest, the biggest reason there is, um, you know, they've got Schwarber's a left-handed hitter, Harper's a left-handed hitter. They wanted to get a little more space between them in the lineup so that it's not as easy for the Cardinals to say, you know, bring in a lefty to face Schwarber and Harper. Um, you know, it maybe makes them make a little bit more of a decision in terms of how they use their bullpen and how they use their pitching. So, and also with Quintana on the mound. I mean, we know how good he's been against lefties all year long. It gives them a little bit more space, puts two righties in the two and three hole and 
maybe gives them a little bit of a different look. But you're right. Normally it's been it's been Harper third and Real Muto fourth. So, Scott, from the Phillies' perspective, when you heard that Jose Quintana was starting game number one, what was your reaction? Um, look, I think it's a nice move by the Cardinals. I understand why they're doing it. I mean, if you had to, if you had to essentially game plan against the Phillies, um, you know, I think you're looking at Harper, Schwarber, and Real Muto as kind of the three guys that you don't want to have beat you, and two of the three are left-handed hitters. And also the way Quintana has pitched down the stretch, really since the deadline, since he was acquired. Um, it's interesting, guys, because the Phillies looked into uh, trading for him as well. Um, you know, at the deadline, they faced him in Pittsburgh, actually, a couple of days before the deadline, looked into a deal for him, wound up getting Noah Syndergaard instead uh, after Quintana came to the Cardinals. So he's pitched really well, and, and I wasn't surprised, given uh, the recent history and you know the fact that two of the uh, Phillies' three uh, big hitters are, are left-handed. We're talking to Scott Lauber. He covers the Phillies for the Philly Inquirer. He's joining us here on BK and Ferrario. Uh, Scott, tell us a little bit about Zach Wheeler and what Cardinals fans can expect from him today. I know that recently he hasn't been going quite as long in games after that IL stint. Where's he at physically right now? Well, that's a great question um, because um, he's had three starts since he's been back from the IL um, they they set it up so that um, he w- what they were hoping for was that he would be uh, basically at full at f- uh, his workload would be at full strength by now by the start of the playoffs. Uh, they didn't quite get there because he pitched last Sunday in Washington. It was a rainy day. Uh, they had a big lead. Uh, it was a wet mound, wet conditions, and they took him out after five innings and seventy seven pitches. You know, and Rob Thompson admitted yesterday. I asked him if if they got Wheeler to where they wanted to, and he admitted they might have preferred to get him another inning uh, last Sunday in Washington. They didn't get there, so Wheeler doesn't seem overly concerned about it. He has not pitched in the seventh inning of a game since I believe August third. Um, he missed five starts with uh, a little bit of elbow inflammation. They were never um, they they never thought it was serious enough where his the rest of his season would be in jeopardy, but. It was serious enough to put him on the injured list, and he missed probably two or three more starts than they expected him to miss. Um, but, you know, so it, it's definitely a uh, something to watch today as they get into the middle innings uh, and as his pitch count gets north of about 70 or so uh, to see where the velocity's at, to see uh, how he's going, and to see whether he can give them. Uh, you know, he went six in his, um, not his last start, but the one before that, and then he went five on Sunday. Can he give them seven if they needed it? Because their bullpen, um, their bullpen's been um, been in a bit of flux lately. Uh, they're walking a lot of guys, and they're depending on some guys who they didn't depend on earlier in the year, like Zach Eflin, who was a starter. So I think they'd really love to get seven out of Wheeler, and we'll see if he can give it to them. Scott, uh, the expectation, of course, is Aaron Nola getting that game two start for the Phillies. How much stock do you put into the lack of postseason experience for both Wheeler and Nola? Yeah, it's it's something. Um, you know, I, I wrote about this a little bit today um, in terms of in terms of Wheeler, and of course the same applies to Nola. You know, it's funny because um, you know they trust Wheeler and Nola uh, incredibly immensely, and if you talk to people in the organization, they feel like their path all along. They felt like their path would be if they could get to the postseason um, with Wheeler in Game One and Nola in Game Two. They love their chances. Love. They really love their chances. So this is kind of the ideal scenario for them. But as we know, October does some strange things to even really good pitchers sometimes, right? Like 
you know, for, I, I was writing about this today, like for every Roy Halladay who throws a, a no-hitter in his first postseason start, you've got a bunch of Clayton Kershaws, right, who struggle when they get to the postseason. Um, you know, I remember years ago I was covering the Red Sox, and we were in this, they were in the same situation with Chris Sale, not knowing how he was going to do. He'd had a great year in 2017, and they didn't really know because he'd never pitched in the postseason, and he got hit hard in game one. So it's funny. Um, you know, October can do some weird things, and, and those two guys have never experienced that. So, yeah, I, I don't think he can be ignored. They, they are both pretty laid back, pretty, um, pretty, uh, pretty uh, even keeled guys. And so I, I wouldn't imagine that they'd get all that rattled. But like I said, you put them in a, you put pitchers, even really good ones, in a setting like this. And sometimes the game speeds up a little bit and the glare is a little bit hotter and uh, some weird things tend to happen. So we'll see. We'll see how they react. Baseball is notoriously difficult to predict, and it becomes even more hard to predict in a three-game series in the postseason, Scott. But if I said the Phillies win this series if blank, and they will lose this series if blank, how would you fill in those two blanks? It's simple. I mean, to me, it's simple. The Phillies win this series if Wheeler and Nola pitch well. Uh, the Phillies do not win this series, and and I would even limit that to I you know I I think I think the Phillies might lose this series if Wheeler does not win today because you know obviously you don't want to fall down 0-1 in a best of three I mean it stands to reason that that puts you in quite a hole but you know today's the game I think that they are lined up to win uh, like I said they they went to uh, you know they they you know they were they they had game 160 essentially circled on their calendar because they wanted to clinch by then so that they could have Wheeler and Nola lined up to go in games one and two, and they got it. So, um, you know, to me, they, they are the key, and they need them to pitch well, and they need them to go deep, um, you know, and they need them to, uh, to get into the seventh inning with a lead, and, and, um, and that, that's their formula. Scott, the one thing that I've just been fascinated by with the Phillies is kind of how they turned things around because when Joe Girardi got let go earlier in the season, I kind of thought that it was a lost cause for Phillies, and obviously they turned it around. What changed for this team? A lot of us thought it was a lost cause, you know, 22 and 29. And, and um, you know, the, the fact is that when you make a managerial change in season, the odds are not in your favor to end up making the playoffs. I mean, the last manager to do it was Jim Tracy in 2009 with the, with the Rockies to, uh, to take over a team in the middle of a season and take that team to the playoffs. So it's, it happens pretty infrequently. I would tell you that I think the timing of the move was, um, was, was probably, uh, it couldn't have been better. They, they had a pretty, tough schedule the first two months of the year played the Mets an awful lot you remember how hot the Mets were out of the gate um, they made that move and the schedule softened quite a bit in in June and they were able to kind of get themselves right I think against some bad teams they also look they also played really well um, you know they got Harper going and then Harper got hurt and then they you know a lot of players have talked about how much deeper the roster is this year than it's been in the past in the past you've had top heavy rosters with Harper and Real Muto uh, and Wheeler and Nola and Hoskins and a lot of teams would take those five guys. Well, you know what? You know what followed after those guys on the roster wasn't all that great. And now the roster is a lot deeper than it was before. They've gotten contributions from people in the farm system who they didn't expect. Um, so I would tell you that it was a combination of things. I think the schedule. I think the fact that the move kind of was it was sort of like a defibrillator, right, to, to the to the clubhouse. <laughs> it was like okay, we've we've you know we haven't played well our manager got fired and now the bench coach takes over and Rob Thompson's had, you know, a really good touch. Uh, he's pretty calm. He's pretty even keeled. I don't know if you've seen any of his 
his news conferences since the Phillies have been in town, uh, got in town yesterday. But you know, <clears throat> it's um, it, it's it's pretty much a a, 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 a you know, it's it's like n- nothing's a big deal. Um, he he treats everything like it's just you know a matter of matter of fact and a matter of course. And I think it's really rubbed off on the clubhouse. I think he kind of put them at ease. Maybe they felt like they were playing with house money for a while and, and they were able to sort of turn their season around, um, um, you know, that way. Scott, we appreciate the time helping us uh, preview this series from the Philly perspective. Look forward to watching this series over the weekend. I'll see you down there at the ballpark later on today and then later this weekend as well. All the best to you this weekend, and hopefully we'll talk with you again soon. You too. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. That's Scott Lauber joining us here on 101 ESPN. You can find his work over in the Philly Inquirer. If you want to follow along for the Philly perspective of this weekend, you can follow him on Twitter at his name, Scott Lauber, L-A-U-B-E-R. That is Scott Lauber on Twitter. I I find it really interesting what the Phillies decided to do with their lineup today, Alex. I think it's a really smart move by Thompson to break up Schwarber and Harper Schwarber's batting leadoff as he has for the majority of the season, but he's got Hoskins and Real Muto batting two, three. And when you look at the splits that they have in their lineup, one of the things that I thought Ollie would do if they didn't decide to go this route would be use the lefty relievers for the top of that lineup. One, two, three, you live with whatever happens against Hoskins. Who's very good against lefties, but for Schwarber, he's about 220 points worse on OPS against lefties than he is against righties. And the same thing is true for Bryce Harper as well, who's 150 points worse against lefties than he is against righties when it comes to OPS. Real Muto is the same. Real Muto is an 825 OPS against righties and an 805 OPS against lefties. So it becomes much more difficult to say, you know what? We're just going to throw a lefty here at the top four of your lineup. Uh, suddenly now you've got to rethink that now I think if you're going to use those lefty relievers Thompson uh who else do they have on this list Matt, Thompson Matt and Packy you're probably going to have to start at the bottom of the order and work your way up to Schwarber as opposed to starting at the top of the order and working your way down I guess it's just a matter of which one of those guys is going to do most damage to you in Bush Stadium do you do you want that lefty against Schwarber or do you want that lefty against Bryce Harper you've got to do it against Schwarber because if you do it against Harper with the way that their lineup is now constructed you're probably going to have to also face uh, face Bohm with him and Bohm just crushes lefties like the one thing that you honestly the number one thing you can't do in this line lineup is have one of those lefty relievers baseball. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. He's a 625 OPS guy against righties. He's a 950 OPS guy against lefties. He crushes them. He's basically their version of like a Paul Goldschmidt against left-handed pitching, except against righties. Instead of being Paul Goldschmidt, he becomes what? Like Paul DeYoung ish. It's bad. So that that is the one guy that you can't do it against. So Harper, I think we'll see mostly righties in this series. Oh, see, I I think he might. I, I think what they may do is I think Packy will get kind of that bottom part that we're talking about. Go eight nine one where he's got two lefties and the one righty is the guy that's hitting ninth. The guy you probably don't fear. And Packy shouldn't face a right handed hitter unless it's the nine hole hitter. When they get to the top of the order, I wouldn't be shocked if Zach Thompson, Stephen Mass were to come in and like a clean spot that way. It's and I risky. get it. It's, it's two righties. Super risky. But Thompson doesn't have significant splits against righties. The OPS is better. Of course than it is against left-handers but it's not to a point where i feel super concerned i think they may try that that way they can keep a left-hander in for harper i think that's where you see flarity i think what changed here is i think now you see flarity or hicks getting that middle of the order the hoskins real muto harper 
the, your best guys going up against their best guys, and you give yourself the best chance possible against Harper. Maybe. I, I think I would still use Thompson or Mats in that scenario to where I can at least have those two lefties that I trust coming out of my bullpen to face the two guys that are going to be the biggest damage guys from the left side in Harper and Schwarmer, in my opinion. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll talk to the voice of the Phillies. He's going to tell us what he expects from this series and what's the Phillies fans' reaction to this team that, as you mentioned in that interview, Alex, was basically left for dead by May, and suddenly now they have a real chance to be able to go on a playoff run. We'll talk to Scott about that coming up in 15 minutes, give you the Cardinals' perspective on that as well. But next, ask us anything. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You've got questions. We may have the answers. Maybe text now to 65780. It's PK and Ferrario's questions and answers on 101 ESPN. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kiley. 65780 is your comfort service tax line for questions and answers. Let's start out with this one from the 314. Hey guys, would you feel better about the Cardinals going into this series if they had Jordan Montgomery as currently constructed or if they still had Harrison Bader playing the way that he has so far in New York? I haven't checked what Harrison Bader's stats have been so far in New York. Have you guys looked that up? I have no idea what he's done in New York. I mean, I I know he's helped defensively for them. I saw Marps coming back, though. He's Is only, he? Good he's, for him. He's hitting 217, no homers, nine RBIs, and a 528 OPS. Since he's returned? Yeah. Oh, well, that's He's only played 14 games for the Yankees. I think I would still take Jordan Montgomery. You were so depleted in the pitching category that, look, I, I know Tyler O'Neill hasn't lived up to the expectations, nor has Dylan Carlson, but you needed pitching. And uh, part of me wonders after hearing Mo earlier today with the opening drive, Montgomery is probably going to be starting game three for you. So too. And he's going to be in your rotation if you make it to the NLDS. So I, I, Bader was great, but I think you needed Montgomery to survive. I'm with you. I, I think you needed Montgomery this year. I mean, he's been awesome for you, and I understand he's had his struggles of late, but I, I think because Bader was dealing with the foot injury, I think there was too much uncertainty, and defense is his best attribute, and you don't know how he was going to recover, and he's not hitting in New York so far in his handful of appearances. I, I think Montgomery was is the right answer. I think you needed him to get you through the regular season, and I think you're right. I think he's going to start game three. When Mo said, I think it was, what was it, left, right, left? Kind of made me yeah. think Montgomery starting game three yeah he said break up the lefties by starting uh michaelis in game two i was like oh huh so who are the options i could start game three what's he talking about Zach thompson as the opener remember yeah, maybe maybe i think that that by the way put got put to rest whenever the, they decided to switch up their their order so credit to the phillies they that was a really smart move it's a it's a they subtle heard, move but it's a very smart move by they them. heard bk and they're like man that is a great take yeah. and a great idea we got to stop that six five seven eight oh is the air comfort service text line for ask us anything uh from the three one four guys if helsley was not available to close out a game in this series who do you think ollie would turn to i think it is a non-zero chance that his answer would be jack flaherty i don't know if people want to hear that but i think that in this game today if all goes according to plan i think that the quote-unquote a-list relievers for them will probably be Hicks, Gallegos, Helsley, and then I would assume Mats would be your number one lefty. If, if, it's, an, if it's an A-list, and then just tomorrow, having Helsley I think on you, it. I, if you can win tomorrow, I think you go back to those guys. And if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, I think in game three, you could see an all-hands-on-deck approach where it might be Adam Wainwright or Jack Flaherty getting that spot. 
Yeah, I, I think if Helsley wasn't there, I think Geo's the guy that would close it. I, I think you still I'm stick assuming with him. that both of those guys are unavailable. If they start yeah, game you, one I mean, and two. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant with if Flaherty was out because of injury, not unavailable. No, 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 no. Sorry. Like, okay, he's, gotcha. He can't throw. Yeah, I, I, I think in this series, though, you could see him go three straight days. I, I know that possible. sounds crazy, but... I think it's possible, and then maybe he's unavailable like game one. That yeah. way he gets two days off if he gets to the DS. Yeah, I think I'm with you then. If Gio and Helsley are unavailable because they've gone back-to-back days and you need an all-hands-on-deck, I think it's Jack Flair. I think he is the guy that closes it out. Final one here from the 314. Guys, what are the odds that the Cardinals end up making this a painless and easy two-game sweep Zero. of the Phillies? Zero. It's you baseball, know how man. Cardinals postseason goes. You know, it's not just baseball. It's Cardinals postseason baseball. Like, there's always pain that goes into it. So I'm, I'm fully expecting the tight butt cheeks effect to start in the third inning and just continue. Uh, I, mine's going to be when like Wheeler takes them out uh, and when Nola takes wow, them you out. Have no faith. No, no, I have faith in the team. I think they win the series. I, well, I just think up a little bit before I, I think, you get I think winning one of these games against Wheeler and Nola is just uh, going to be an unbelievably difficult task. And and I think it, you may not even beat them. You'll beat their bullpen. You could so. be Cleveland and be no hit right now through three innings. <laughs> Scrubs. <laughs> stuff with Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson I'm Brandon Kylie. I think the Cardinals win this series I think it takes them three games coming up in 15 minutes how is Ollie Marmol gonna attack this Phillies lineup that's gonna come under a lot of scrutiny after this weekend if it goes well all's good in the world if it goes poorly who buddy there's gonna be some second guessing we'll get into that coming up at 12 15 Scott France is the voice of the Phillies he's been there since 2006 What are his impressions of this Phillies team? What makes them special? What makes them vulnerable? We'll talk to him about it next year on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Kylie, very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line for what is a very busy day for the Phillies and the Cardinals and all of their broadcasters, all of their media. Scott France joining us now. He is the voice of the Phillies. He's been that since 2006. Scott, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us uh, this morning ahead of this big game between the Cardinals and the Phillies. What is the number one thing that you are looking forward to seeing in this series starting today in game number one? Well, from the Phillies' perspective, obviously it's been a long time, so uh, just getting here is a big deal. And, uh, you know, 11 years since their last postseason appearance, 11 years on this date, uh, in fact, uh, that they last played in a postseason game against the Cardinals. And I think for the fans of Philadelphia and for the players in Philadelphia, as much as anything, it's a sense of relief to get here. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm just excited to be here, excited to uh, see what unfolds. Yeah, Scott, did you uh, when you, when you found out that the Phillies were going to get in, and I think we all kind of knew by the point that the Phillies did clinch that it was going to be against the Cardinals. But did you look at it and be like, really, eleven years <laughs> since you've been in the postseason, and it's the same team that beat us eleven years ago? Yeah, I mean, there's some poetry to that, right? Um, <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool, and you know, I mean, uh, obviously the Cardinals have had a heck of a second half, and uh, these two teams are a little bit different than when they met the first. You know, first 10 days of July, uh, obviously Albert's uh, second half uh, has changed the dynamic quite a bit for this Cardinal club. And, and uh, But I think the Phillies were always built around uh, two big starters, and they've got their two starters lined up, and they were 
built around a big offense, which at times has sputtered, at times it's been good, but we'll see what it is the next few days. That's what I wanted to ask you about, Scott. I think people know a lot about Schwarber, Hoskins, Real Muto, and Harper. Those four guys are the ones that people are concerned about potentially beating them. But what about the bottom half of this lineup? What can you tell us about what we should be expecting from guys like Castellanos and Baum and Segura, Stott, and Verling? What are you expecting out of those guys coming into this series? Well, I mean, I, I would expect the same thing they've gotten for most much of the year, which is, uh, you know, guys who seems like in, in little spot moments they, they kind of come through. I mean, the bottom of the order has been a, a huge help to the Phillies in the second half. Uh, another guy in that you know list who's not in the lineup today is Brandon Marsh uh, that they acquired from the Angels. You know, Veerling's going to get the start and center over him because of the lefty on the mound, but uh, he's been a big bat in the lineup in the second half. And it just seems like, you know, the kids – uh, most of them are young, most of them without much playoff experience, with the exception of the guys you mentioned, with the exception of Castellanos. Um, you know, so, I mean, I wouldn't sleep on those guys. They've been a big part of this offense, and they may not hit the long ball quite the way um, those guys, you know, the guys at the top do, but uh, they've produced. They've helped out. Is that the strength of this team, Scott, the long ball with the Phillies offense? Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of clubs, uh, they're they're pretty similar. It's the fact that if they hit the long ball, if they hit some home runs, they generally have a chance to win. Um, you know, when they've been in a drought in that regard, that's when the offense has struggled. But I think it, for one thing, it kind of puts everybody at ease. You know, to know you get uh, get a run or two on the board with the with the long ball. But I will say this: I mean, it's it's a team that has shown they're never out of it. I know that's that's probably the case with most playoff teams. That's why they're in the playoffs because they don't give away at bats. They grind away. Um, you know, you never know in the postseason. You never know if guys are going to press or, or panic or do things differently. Uh, you never know that until you see it in practice. So we'll see. Scott, going into this game, Alec Bohm is a guy that really intrigues me just because today I think you're going to see, I mean, we will see a lefty on the mound for the Cardinals. And then my expectation is that we'll see Jordan Montgomery start that game on Sunday if necessary. And Bohm has crushed lefties this year. 350 batting average against him. You've seen it up close and in person. Is he a guy that you would be circling going into this game with a lefty on the mound as somebody who could have a big moment? Yeah, I mean, I think him and uh, and Hoskins, you know, Hoskins numbers off lefties are really, really good. Um, and I, you know, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount Nick Castellanos. Uh, you know, he's it's been he's a tough out against lefties as well, and uh, he's got a little track record. I think he's got something to prove. It's been a long first year in Philadelphia. It didn't work out the way he wanted, but he gets a clean slate to start it today. But you know, Alex kind of struggled down the stretch, so I'll be interested to see how he uh, how he bounces back. Maybe the fact that there's a lefty out there, you know, he's always been a hitter that doesn't try to do too much. He's not going to hit for a ton of power, uh, but he does kind of keep the line moving, and he can come up with some big hits. So we'll see. Scott, we uh, we asked the uh, Phillies beat writer in the previous hour his initial thoughts when he saw that Quintana was starting in game number one. So I'm curious yours when you saw that that was the decision that Ali Marmol landed on. I mean, it doesn't surprise me a bunch. I mean, I you know, he's a a really quality pitcher. I know he had a good outing against us as a Pirate uh, earlier this summer. Um, he's a guy that the Phillies were somewhat interested in as they were kind of kicking the tires in the trade market for a starting pitcher. So uh, to have him end up here as the starter in game one, I mean, veteran guy, you, you figure he's not going to be uh, overwhelmed at all by the situation. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, it's been a little bit of a time since he's 
been on this kind of a stage. But, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons, you know, the Phillies moved their lineup a little bit. They moved Bryce Harper down a spot uh, with a lefty on the mound. A lot of lefties in the bullpen. Try to provide a little more separation between Schwarber and Harper. And if you bring in a lefty to face Schwarber, likelihood is you're going to have to face some righties around him too. So I think that's what the Phillies are hoping for. Scott Fransk is the voice of the Phillies. He's joining us here on 101 ESPN for another couple of minutes. Scott, what have you seen from Bryce Harper over the last month or so since he's come back from injury? I know the numbers aren't there, but watching him on a day-to-day basis, have you seen anything that looks like maybe it's starting to click for him? Yeah, I mean, here and there you do. You see stretches where maybe he's going to let the ball get a little bit deeper, take the ball the other way. And, and I think, um, you know, Harper's a guy who, as Rob Thompson, the manager, said this morning in his pregame media session, he said he, he cares deeply. Uh, he wants deeply to come through for the city of Philadelphia. Obviously, he's got that contract that uh, kind of, you know, all arrows point to Harp, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, he wants to be the guy to come through. And uh, it's been a long, difficult year for him to try to deal with these injuries. But I'll say this, uh, in 2014, you know, when he was a national, he's a younger player then, of course, but he didn't have a great finish to the season. He had dealt with a thumb injury, which obviously he dealt with this year, and uh, didn't finish real strong in the regular season, but then just went off in the playoffs. So, Maybe a case where uh, the Phillies hope to see something similar again. I, I, I think those first few at-bats in a series like this can make a big difference. If a guy you know, hits the ball hard somewhere, it doesn't necessarily have to get a hit, but if he hits the ball hard somewhere and feels good about himself, that can be a big, uh, a big boost to the confidence, and not just Hart, but any player at this stage. Scott, fr- from the Phillies' perspective, what's the one thing that you fear on the Cardinal side of things? Uh, you know, I mean, I think the one thing, obviously you got to control, um, the, the two big guys, you know, Goldschmidt and Arenado, but I, I do think there's, you know, there's something about the mystique of the whole Pujols thing that, that, um, you know, you're playing on the road. If he does something big early, you know, that could obviously that lifts the crowd. It lifts the bench. It, it, uh, kind of has a chance to, you know, sort of set you back on your heels a little bit if you're the Phillies. So I think honestly dealing with him early on uh, could be big for the Phillies if, if, you know, if he does something quote-unquote magical, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, because this season has been so magical for him, this second half. Uh, I think that would be uh, something that the Phillies would not want to see happen early in the in the series. Scott, we'll get you out of here on this. Much has been made of the Phillies' bullpen, not just this year, but over the last number of years. Is that group starting to come together, especially with Eflin at the back end of that group? Well, Eflin helps a lot. I mean, they've, the, the Dominguez-Robertson combination was going great for a while, but they just haven't thrown as many strikes lately. So it'll be interesting to see. they got Brad Hand back. That's another veteran guy. You know, you figure isn't going to be, uh, you know, isn't going to shirk from the moment or whatever. He's he's a guy that uh, could get some big outs at some point. But I, I I still think this team is built around Wheeler and Nola, and I think them getting deep into a game, getting through seven, would be huge uh, for the Phillies. I, I just think you know they're the two best arms on the staff. Uh, and they're going to get the ball in the first two games, and I think a lot of it rides on those two guys. I, I don't mean any disrespect to anybody else on the staff, but it's built around those two guys. And if they can get through seven, then they feel like they have a good chance to, you know, get the last six out of the game out of this bullpen. Scott, I know you've got a million things you could be doing right now. We appreciate you taking a little bit of time to help us preview this series from the Phillies' perspective. All the best to you. Enjoy the series out of Bush Stadium this weekend. We'll talk with you again soon. 
I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. That's Scott France joining us here on 101 ESPN. He's been the voice of the Phillies since 2006. It's been a long time since the <laughs> Phillies have been in the playoffs, as he mentioned there. They are certainly excited to be back. Alex, what he said there at the end is, I think, I think something worth honing in on. Uh, this bullpen for the Phillies, it had its moment in August. It started to look like it was coming around, and Eflin has certainly stabilized things at the back end while Brad Hand is out right now. But they've got some issues when it comes to the walks as well. Robertson is walking right now nine per nine innings in the month of September. That is a lot. You don't want that. You want it to be below like three per nine innings. He's three times that number. Uh, They've got a bunch of dudes that are not throwing strikes at the back end of their pin right now. It goes back to what we've said all week. If the Cardinals are able to get to Zach Wheeler, if they're able to get to Aaron Nola and they get those guys out after four or five innings, that's how they win this series. You got to get those guys out. It doesn't even need to be like you score seven runs against the starters. That would obviously be ideal, but it's about grinding out those at-bats. The pepper grinder, that, that's what the Cardinals have to embody going into this series against the Phillies if they're going to well, win. Well, and it's very su- uh, suiting that Lars Nupar is the one that's going to be leading things 100%. off. And he's going to see the most at-bats against this individual. And that's what you want to see uh, is you want to see him be able to grind out those at-bats. You're going to be really looking at his spot and Brennan Donovan's spot. And as much as people talk about Goldie and Pujols and Arenado, that's how this team succeeds. But Lars Nupar and Brennan Donovan are going to be critical. And honestly, Tommy Edmund with the double leadoff, those three guys getting on base are going to be critical for this team winning this series. Yeah, and I think if you see these two games, Wheeler and Nola go six innings strong, I, I think there's a chance that the Cardinals are done in, in two games. Like I, I think you got to get them out before that sixth inning. Now, granted, you may tag them up and they just end up going to innings to tr- eat innings before they have to turn to the bullpen, but more than likely, if Wheeler or Nola goes six innings, I think the Cardinals are in serious trouble in this series. Mm-hmm. Robertson has walked 22% of the batters he's faced in the month of September and October. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez has walked 21% of the batters that he has faced over the last five weeks as well. When you look at this bullpen, if you can get to the underbelly, and that's like the seventh and eighth inning, guys. Now imagine what they've got in front of those two that they actually trust because they also have the strikeout stuff. It's it's that's the game plan. The game plan is get the starters out, get to the underbelly of their pin, take advantage of those guys that don't have the best stuff to be able to get out there. So coming up in about 15 minutes or so, what are the non-negotiables for the Cardinals? We've talked about the Philly side of things with two different guests today. They both said the Phillies are going to go as far as what they're able to get out of Wheeler and Nola. Who are those guys for the Cardinals? We'll get into that coming up at 1230. Coming up next, though, we just talked about the bullpen. What about the offense? How is Ollie Marmel going to attack this Phillies lineup? We'll tell you next year on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Quick update on the Guardians versus the Rays. There's no update to give other than the fact that they're almost done with this game. Right, row. First run has just... officially been scored. Oh, what a BKO. Oh, man, that's incredible. You, which fan base you just heard? You just. Oh, Cleveland's? Of course it's oh, Jose wow. Siri. How many. Uh, hey, how Siri, do... how many home runs did we just hit in All this right. game? So the. Oh, that's... One. Which one of our phones? Your phone's going to do it. Oh, sorry, Siri. Shh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, Siri. Uh, the Rays are up one to nothing, top of the sixth inning. How Jose Siri just hit a home run. How many home runs do you think he hit this season? Two. I was saying, now he's hitting ninth today, so I'm going to go with like two. He is a defense for. He's basically their new version of uh, what's their Kiermaier. old Kiermaier. Kiermaier. He's a defense first speed de- uh, center fielder. He slugged 365 this year. He had four home runs in 165 at bats. All right, Yachty's going deep today. That's the, that's plain and simple. Yachty's going deep. Let's start there. If somebody surprises us today, like an unknown, relative unknown, or a surprise person has a big moment today, who do you think it's going to be? Carlson. Because nobody's expecting Carlson to be good for this team in the postseason for how his season ended. I think he has a big. I think he has a big series. I said this. Uh, I think earlier in the week. I think Carlson has a big series and has a good playoff run. The guy that I'm going to go with, and I, I don't even think he's he's not in the starting lineup. I think it's Nolan Gorman. Gorman comes off the bench with a big shot. I don't know. Again, I don't know who he's pinch hitting for, but he'll pinch hit for somebody today, and he'll come up with a big shot. I, I feel like that's that's the guy that I'm not expecting to do something, and he would come up in like the biggest scenario possible. Chelsea James just tweeted, maturity is not making the Hey Siri joke every time you think of it. Well, well, apparently I'm immature. <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of knew that from ahead of the time, but thank you, Chelsea, and, just to re- reaffirm. And then there's Alex Ferrario, who I, I host I, a show with on I a day-to-day gleam basis. that I'm immature. Well, there's Take an it from there, on buddy. one somewhere, but it's okay. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, if somebody surprises us and comes up with a big hit or a big home run in this series, hmm. That would be stunning. Or DeYoung. That's the equivalent of what we just saw. I think it's Juan Yepes. Would Juan Yepes be a surprise? Uh, I'd say so. I, I mean, he's not in the starting lineup. He's kind of been yeah. cold since I, he's I been think that's up. that's the route that I would But go. I kind of expect if he gets an at-bat, it's because they're wanting him to do something like that. Well, yeah, I would say the same thing is true for any of the guys that we talk about. Like, not if Nolan Gorman comes in, <laughs> it's probably because it's a what close if, game. They need a big hit. They need a bomb, and he okay, ends up delivering. Paul DeYoung's the answer, then. I don't think he's getting an at-bat in the series. If I set the over-under at one at-bat in the series for Paul DeYoung, what would you take? I, I would take, take the, the under. under. I would take. Well, he can't have a half at-bat, T-Bone. Well, I would take the under. I, the only way that DeYoung or Delugio get an at-bat is the Cardinals go to their hands team and they blow the lead and then the spot comes around when the next time they have to bat, whether that's extra innings, ninth inning, whatever. So, on the other side of things, the pitching side of things, how does Ollie Marmel go about attacking this lineup for the uh, the Phillies? I thought it was pretty simple coming into today because the Phillies had gone with the same lineup for the last month or so. It was Schwarber 1, Hoskins 2, Harper 3, Real Muto 4. So you had lefty-righty, lefty-righty. And then from there, you could kind of platoon it and figure out the way you want to go. But I thought it was simple. You go with your left-handed relievers for your top three. You allow Hoskins to face them because you've got to. That's the rule, unfortunately. And you see how it ends up going. You just pray that Hoskins doesn't kill you because the lefties are worth it to try to get Schwarber and Harper out at the top of their order. Now that you have Real Muto batting third and Harper batting fourth, I don't think you can go that path anymore. I think your lefty relievers, talking about specifically Thompson, Packy, and Matz, they're probably going to start at the bottom of the order, Stott and Veerling, and you're going to use them to be able to get Schwarber back on the front end of that lineup. And then you go to a righty for Hoskins, Real Muto, Harper, and Castellanos. My guess is when you get to that spot in your lineup, and this isn't a best-case scenario, of course, I understand there will be things that change that Weird stuff happens in a series that we were unprepared for right now in this moment. But I think that what you'll see is Hicks and 
I would imagine probably Flaherty getting that spot in the lineup. Whenever they see Hoskins, Real Muto, Harper, Castellanos, I think that's where you see Hicks and Flaherty. And even if that means they get two innings, that means they get two innings at that middle part of the order. Yeah, I I have no idea how they're going to do this because that change does really throw a wrench into all of this. But this is why we're all anticipating a big postseason from Ali Marmol because he's found ways to handle situations like this all season long. I think that's probably going to be the smartest play to go with what you just mentioned there, BK, of going at the bottom of the order in those final two. And as Scott just told us in our previous segment, like those guys don't underestimate them because they can do damage against you. And then you're just going to have to look at the guys who are going up against um, Harper on the back end of the two righties and say, this is going to be the big at. This is going to be the big at bat for you in the postseason. And how do you handle it? I I still think they consider going with one of the lefties at the top there. Now I think Packy will be the guy that if you're using him against the left-handers, he's going to go eight nine one because you want him facing two of the worst hitters in the lineup. And if it's the one righty he's facing because he's not been good against righties, it's the guy that's hitting ninth, and then you feel good about him with Schwarber. He's and been I, really good against lefties. I think that it changes the way you approach this because I said you go. Uh, Quintana two times through the order, and then you go with another lefty for that top of the order. I think now, like the the thing that gets interesting is, I think that that next time, the third time that you go through their order, I think you probably see a righty face uh, Castiano, Segura, Veerling, and Stott, or because I think that they probably take those guys out. Like I, I think what you'll end up seeing is they'll platoon with Segura, Veerling, and Stott because they have such significant splits. And then the next time through the order, that's when you get the lefty coming up for the bottom of their order and then up to the top, like you mentioned there with Schwarber. Yeah, I, I think the I think the Cardinals still would consider those lefties at the top though, just because when I'm thinking of this, who scares you more when I say a combo? The Schwarber-Harper combo or the Hoskins-Rilamuto combo? And I say the Schwarber-Harper combination, and I get it that they're split apart four say, batters. It's not a combination, but though. Steven Matz and Zach Thompson have really good splits still against right-handers. I, now, I don't know if they'll do Thompson because he's a rookie coming into the playoffs. Yeah, I think that but, if they do But that, I think they Mats. trust Matz. I, I think what they may do is that one time around, say it's like the seventh inning, and this spot comes up where you're going to have one, two, three leading this off. I think they would go to Steven Matz. That way, if that way, if he gets through that, he can start the next setting and he can get Harper, and then you can go to the bullpen again for a righty and Gallegos, or you just go back to Gallegos against Harper because he's got no splits against lefties either. He's actually really good against left-handers. Let's say you end up in the eighth inning and the top of the order is coming up. Do you go to Gallegos there or Helsley? I go to Helsley there. And If the top of the order is coming up? Top of the order is coming up. You're up by one run. It's the eighth inning. Are you going to Helsley or Gallegos in that spot? I think my answer is Gallegos to get out Schwarber, Hoskins, and Real Muto. That scares the hell out of me. And then you go to Gallegos to get out Real Muto, Bohm, and Castellanos. Because I think that top of the order is where you win the game. You either win it or you lose it right Wait, there. You're and going I want to my Gallegos at the top or Helsley? Helsley Gallegos, at the okay, top and then that's... Gallegos for the four uh, through six. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I said. Yep. Yeah, because I'm not doing Gallegos against Schwarber, Real Muto, and Hoskins. Yep. I'm not. I can't. <laughs> it makes me too scared, man. I want my best pitcher against the best part of their lineup. Yeah, I think if it's the top of the lineup, I would probably go Helsley, too, in that eighth inning. But if it is like Harper's leading things off in the eighth inning, I think then you turn to Gallegos because totally you're, fine, you're fine with him against lefties. The guys that I really want for uh, Helsley to face would Hoskins be Hoskins and Real, and Real Muto. Muto. And, then, and then if anything else comes about it, that's fine. If if Real Muto leads off the inning, then Helsley's going to be the guy in. I, I think that 1-2-3 is where Helsley will be used at the highest leverage if it's the 8th or ninth inning. I 
I, I think once you get to Harper, I think that you can kind of definitely justify going to Gallegos. Totally agree with that. That's a, that's exactly the way that I would play yep. it as well. It, I am curious. Mm, man, mm. It, it's, a, mm. it's a really tough spot. If you're in the eighth inning and Harper comes up and you think Helsley can get you out of that, do you go Helsley for Harper, Castellanos, and Bohm? And then you're just hoping that you can get out of it with Segura, Stott, and Verling? I'd feel comfortable with, with Gallegos, Gallegos against those three. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah, but like T-Bone you, you said. You also have Schwarber, Schwarber looming. If he ends up allowing yeah, one base you runner, get you've away got Schwarber from, looming. And then you can get away from Gallegos if Schwarber comes up. But you might have already used your lefties. See, I, I, don't, I don't fear that because Gallegos is good against lefties. Okay. I, I just want it's, to— it, It's Schwarber. That, that's the concern. I, I know, like, I know. <laughs> I, the only time I want it to be where it's Helsley going against Schwarber is too. if he has to go back-to-back with Hoskins and Real Muto coming up, if that makes sense. Like, if it's where it's like Schwarber might carry over into an inning, what you're talking about, where it's 7-8-9 and, I don't know, let's just say some guy gets lucky and gets a blue pit, and then Schwarber comes up, I don't fear that if I've already burned Helsley because I, I trust Gallegos to get left-handers out. He's been really good against lefties, especially in the month of September. He, his stuff looks great. For some reason, they have trouble with his slider. I'm not too concerned about that if that comes up. Uh, by the way, a guy that he really projects well against is Castellanos. Castellanos has one of the highest swing and miss rates this year against sliders in all of Major League Baseball. If you're going to have one guy that goes against Castellanos today, especially given the slider that has been playing well for Gallegos lately, it's probably Giovanni Gallegos. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll give you our final predictions for the Cardinals versus the Phillies. But coming up next, by the way, a quick update. There is a tie game now no, it's in Cleveland. Cleveland took the lead. It was a two-run home run. It is a 2-1 lead in Cleveland for BKL, the Guardians. Ladies and gentlemen. Jose Ramirez has just added to the score. 2-1 to one, Cleveland against the Rays in the first game of the playoffs but coming up next what are the non-negotiables for the Cardinals to win this series one of them for the Cleveland Guardians was definitely for Jose Ramirez to come up big in the clutch what are those for the Cardinals tell you next year on 101 ESPN we're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN Even with those struggles, they're the best hitters in the league. They've uh, contributed at a high level all year and two, three-week period where it hasn't looked the way they want. I, I'll tell you this, mentally they're both in a good spot today, which is all I care about. Um, you turn on those lights and you fill that stadium tomorrow, it, it's a different animal, and uh, they'll rise to the occasion. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. That was Ollie Marmel yesterday. He has no concerns about Goldie and Arenado heating up. Unfortunately, they have not been heating up over the last month or so. Guys, what are the non-negotiables? Because one of them for me, I think, is a very obvious. You're going to hear this anywhere that you go, and it's it's because it's true. If Goldie and Arenado don't get going, this team is probably going to be eliminated in the wild card round because those guys, it's like saying going into a basketball season, hey, for the new or the Brooklyn Nets this year, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to struggle when they get into a big playoff series or the Golden State Warriors. Hey, suddenly Steph Curry and Klay Thompson have gone into a shooting slump. They have made like two threes combined over the last three games. Well, then the Golden State Warriors aren't going to win. It's pretty simple. And the same thing is kind of true. That's the way that this team is built. They need Goldie and Arenado to get going offensively. Tanner, I know you've got a pretty good number on what Goldie in particular has done over the last month. How bad has it been? Well, he's hit 245 in the last his last 27 games, so basically the month of September, and he's only hit two home runs in his last 108 uh, 
plate appearances. His last home run was September 7th against the Nationals. That means he's had a power outage in his last 83 plate appearances. Someone needs to call Ameren for him. Unbelievable. Turn the power back on. <laughs> maybe maybe you should try unplugging just, it. And just stop, man. Just you stop, You hit man. the nail on the head. Thanks, Janet. Mine was Alex, fine, and then are, BK tried to step what, in. What are your non-negotiables for this series? I mean, what has to happen for the Cardinals to be able to win? It's pretty obvious that it's those two, but for me, I think you have to get those complementary pieces a part of the offense. Yeah, you need Goldschmidt and Arenado, but if those are the only two guys hitting, I, I know it was one game, and you have to preface it that every single time, but last season, Goldschmidt and Arenado were good for them. It was everyone else that couldn't do anything. And if you've, if you've got Goldie and Arenado that get on base, but everyone else is striking out or popping out and they're not putting together aggressive at-bats against Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, then it doesn't matter how well Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado play. So for me, one of my main non-negotiables is the three guys that I mentioned. It's the leadoff spot, which is Lars Nupar. It's Brennan Donovan hitting in the five hole, and it's Tommy Edmond as your nine hole hitter. Because I think those three are going to be as impactful as you can ask in terms of contributing to this offense against Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I like that one, and and I I'm with you guys. It, it Pujols, Goldie, and Arnado are going to be the three guys that are going to determine the fate of this series for the St. Louis Cardinals offensively. In my mind, if those three get shut down. You can probably write home the Cardinals that they're going to be playing golf next week when we'll be on the air talking about their offseason. The other one for me is the bullpen has got to be better than the Phillies bullpen. We talked about the underbelly of that Phillies bullpen. Look, I I said earlier, I think the Cardinals bullpen is kind of underrated nationally. I like Zach Thompson, Steven Matz from the left side. I like Gallegos. Helsley's one of the best closers in baseball, if not the best closer in baseball. And then you've got Jordan Hicks that's up there as well. So I I think that the Cardinals bullpen, something that cannot waver, is the Cardinals bullpen has to be better than the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen. I, I think it allows the Cardinals to do more mixing and matching while the Phillies basically, uh, based on everybody we talked to, it sounds like they basically need Wheeler and Nola to go six strong and that they basically need to win this series in two if they want to have hopes of advancing to the DS. Tanner, what's your your mantra for playoff baseball is what? Slug, baby, slug. This series is going to de- be determined by the long ball. The Cardinals in the second half of the season lead all of Major League Baseball with 98 home runs. Number one in Major League Baseball. That's how they have had their success offensively. The Phillies, meanwhile, are eighth in Major League Baseball. Not too far behind. The Cardinals have 98 home runs in the second half. The Phillies have 85 eighth in major league baseball the other side of things it's every bit as impressive when you look at what the pitching has done for the cardinals in the second half what have they fixed what has gone right for them well they're not allowing home runs anymore they have allowed the fewest home runs as a pitching staff in the second half of the season so they have hit 95 they have allowed in that same stretch of games 53 home runs so the cardinals are hitting more home runs than anybody else and they're allowing fewer home runs than anybody else when you're able to do that man baseball becomes a whole lot easier And on the Philly side of things, this might surprise some people. Their pitching staff has actually been very good at preventing home run balls as well. Even in their ballpark, even in that division, the Phillies have allowed 66 home runs in the second half, which is tied for fifth in Major League Baseball. The team that is able to take advantage of the long ball in this series is almost certainly going to be the team that wins. The Phillies are constructed. Their entire lineup is constructed around that top five or so hitting the long ball. The Cardinals lineup, while they do have guys that get on base, they have guys that can hit for average in in like a Tommy Edmond or a Brendan Donovan. 
really where the Cardinals have won is with Albert Pujols, Nolan Arenado, and Paul Goldschmidt hitting for that power. The reason why they have Nolan Gorman on this roster is because he can slug. The reason why Juan Yepes was brought back into St. Louis to be able to start in left field, why? Is because of the slug. Corey Dickerson, what's changed for him in the second half? It's the slug. So all of these things go back to me to say, what is the non-negotiable? The Cardinals got to get back to hitting home runs in this lineup. And two numbers that stand out to me from that, and Sarah Langs had this earlier today, from the 2021 postseason, teams that out-homered their opponents went 25-2, and two, and 49.8% of runs scored were via the home run ball. What was that? 40 what? 49.8%. So almost 50%. So basically every other run that is scored in the playoffs. And by the way, this game that we're watching right now, the first one Both of the playoffs runs. is no exception. Every run that's been scored in this game, if I'm not mistaken, has been by the long ball. That's what you should expect in this series with the Cardinals and the Phillies as well. And when we were talking to Scott Fransky, the play-by-play guy for the Philadelphia Phillies, he said also for the Phillies, you can't allow that big momentum thing to occur early on in that game. Teams that score first last year went 28-9. and nine. So it's going to be important first on the board and to make sure that the runs that you're scoring are via the home run ball. The good news, and you can call it good news if you want. I'm looking at Zach Wheeler's numbers since he's returned from his injury. He's given up one home run in three games, and it was on the road in Chicago. But before his injury, he gave up a home run in six out of seven starts. Six straight games he gave up a home run, and four of those six were on the road. So the fact that it's in Bush Stadium where some of these guys do know how to play in the Bush Stadium's ballpark. Zach Wheeler is is liable to give up a home run at times. That's a benefit for this team, especially with how many guys that can slug on the team. The question's not a matter of if they can. The question is, will they? Because it went away for a while there for this team. He's Alex Ferrario. That's Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. Coming up next, we'll give you our final predictions for the Cardinals versus the Phillies, and we'll give you our predictions for the National League playoff field in general. What are we expecting this weekend and moving forward? We'll tell you next here on 101 ESPN. I mean, it didn't surprise us. I mean, the guy's a major league pitcher. We're right back to the BK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We feel like at this time, that it is best for us to end our partnership Mike show. Albert Poults, he's back, just like baseball. This isn't just a story about Albert coming back to St. Louis. It's a story about him coming back to help us win a championship. Half the time when we talk, he, he, he'll tell me, this is where I work. This is not where home is. Home is St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty cool to oh. have a guy do that. Isn't it? It's pretty awesome. It's going to be fun. And the end. expect them to be to be maybe an 84 85 win team and with the expanded playoffs maybe they sneak in i don't expect an awful lot from them but st louis loves their guys i think more than any other market and we get to celebrate three of our guys this year we know we're just playing just playing like a bunch of dogs just play a lot better and not doing anything well we need to win these games against some good teams because we've we've not played good against the good teams yet and we can we just haven't can this team as currently constructed win a world series in your guys opinion no it's got to be the Braves route where all the other teams break in the playoffs. <laughs> I'd be pretty shocked. After today's game, we will depart for Toronto. So Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, and Austin Romine will not be making the trip. at first and third and two outs. Albert lifts it in the air out to center, and that's number seven. And what could be his final appearance here in Toronto, 
number five is putting on a show. We got number four back. We got a very excited clubhouse. We got starting pitching that's going to stabilize that rotation. And uh, the boys are on a mission to do so. than 15 minutes right here on 101 ESPN Phillies versus the Cardinals with Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's get to our final predictions going into the game today, going into the series this week and going into the playoffs for major league baseball An update on the first game that is being played. The guardians are up two to one in the bottom of the seventh inning inning. Shane McClanahan still on the mound for the Rays. Guys, we'll get to the Phillies Cardinal series last, but let's go to the other National League series first. Padres versus Mets. Who are you taking to win that one? I'm taking I'm taking the Padres in that one. Woo. Although okay. I see. Although they are taking Clevenger off and they're carrying three catchers, so huh, small ball being played by San Diego. They're, I, they're bringing three catchers and Clevenger's God, not the, on I, the team. I hate that. If you needed to Which add a catcher at some point during the series, you can if there's an injury. Uh, whatever. Sorry. That, that's going to. The Mets hey, are winning calm this down. series. No, the Padres are winning this series. I'll say the Padres win. She'll probably three. made that decision. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't Whoa. mean it. It's not your <laughs> job, Brandon. Uh, I'm Easy, gonna, Brandon. I'm saying Mets sweep the Padres. I'm saying it's a two game sweep for the hey, Mets. Mets going to Mets. You know who told you all that the first time? This guy. BT yeah, you, told you me. You definitely did. Nope. I like the Mets in that series as well. I like the Cardinals. I think this goes three, but I like the Cardinals to be able to beat the Phillies. Uh, in this series, where are you guys at right now? I, and by the way, I'm at like a six out of ten on my confidence on this. I I think that this is going to be a really close series. Oh, I'm five out of ten in confidence in this. Like it's fifty fifty, but I think if the Cardinals win, they're gonna they're gonna sweep it. I think if you get to Wheeler, if you win this one, I think you've already broken the Phillies, and I think you're you're winning it. I, I think the Cardinals win this in three. I, I think they win today because Wheeler's only made three starts since coming off of the IL. I'm not sure he goes very deep. Nola, I think, is going to be the tough one. I think they lose game two, and then I think they end up winning game three. But you I think I Nola's tougher than Wheeler? I, I just think he is now because Wheeler hasn't been 
back that long. He's just off the IL. He's only had three starts. I, I think there will be a little bit of, I don't want to call it rust, but getting into this first playoff game, I think he's going to be on a bit more of a pitch limit than what Nola is. I, I think they beat Wheeler. Not, maybe not even necessarily they beat Wheeler, but they beat the Phillies bullpen, get to them earlier today. Then they do Nola, lose game two, and then they hit lefties well. I think they beat Suarez. First inning's going to be telling. They've got to be able to grind out at-bats in that first inning. Alex, for you, you've got the Padres taking on the Dodgers. That would be a really fun series. Who do you have advancing out of that one? I'll take the Dodgers advancing out of that one. At Tanner, for us, we've got the Mets versus the Dodgers. Another one that would be an awesome series. No matter what happens in that Padres-Mets series, the winner of that going on to take on the Dodgers is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Who do you like in that one? I've actually got the Mets in five. I am not all that sold on the Dodgers. I know they won 111 games, but I don't view them as much of a threat as they were, and I really like the Mets roster, and I know that Scherzer is going to be burned. I think they're going to save DeGrom, it sounds like. I like the Mets in five games over the Dodgers. Mets are carrying three catchers. Good Lord, of course they are. Uh, we're Mike on the Schilt's same page. not the reason for that. Yeah. It's not your job, That's Buck Showalter, who should finish second in the National League Manager of the Year race. I like the, I, I like the Mets as well. I do think they end up beating the Dodgers. I, I, we, but we all have the Cardinals advancing in this series against the Phillies. So Cardinals versus Braves. Who do you have in that one, Alex? I unfortunately am going to take the Braves in that one. Same. I'm with you guys. Braves are just too I've got too Braves deep. and four. I've got the Braves and four as well. Yep, Braves uh, Braves and five. I think the Cardinals win both games here at Bush Stadium. So Braves versus Mets for us, Tanner. Braves versus Dodgers. Dodgers for you. I've got the Braves representing once again the National League in the World Series. I think from start to finish this year, they have been the best team in the NL. They've dealt with injuries. I like the Braves to represent the National League in the World Series back-to-back seasons. I'm with you there. I think they end up beating the Mets in six games in the NLCS to get to the World Series. Sweep it. I think the wow. I think the Braves make Freddie. Congratulations to one yep. of the other teams in the National League not named the Braves. <laughs> I think the uh, Braves send Freddie Freeman free falling back into the offseason. He's Alex Ferrario. That's Tanner Hendrickson. So I'm Brandon Kylie. Who hits the first home run today, Alex? Lars Nupar. Tanner? Lead off home I'm run. I'm going Goldie. He's due. I've got Albert. We will see oh, what happens cheater. in this series. Can't wait to talk to you guys on Monday at 11 a.m. Until then, enjoy the series this weekend. Best of luck to the Cardinals. Have fun out there, St. Louis. Postseason baseball is officially here, here on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the BK and Ferrario podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.